0: A black man trying not to get caught. I'm just trying to solve the puzzle like a jigsaw. on family and welcome back to all my black people and everybody in between you are here for another episode of the jigsaw with your boy josh rogers
1: and brian hair
0: and we are here to talk about you know what we talk about all the things how we navigate this crazy thing called life and we're gonna do it together we're gonna discuss the perils the praises the productivity and the pump the circumstance of being a real life black millennial shoot a black person in america brian how are you brother
1: Man, it's always a great day to be black, man. We are here. Uh, another day, another dollar, I guess. Uh, that's what they say. <laughs> another day, another dollar. Um, how about you?
0: You know, I'm okay. I'm a little tired. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. I'm going to press you. I'm alive to be tired. There so that's, <laughs> so that's, that is the blessing within itself. That's the blessing yeah. within itself.
1: Yeah. You know, and speaking of tired, I do have a bone to pick with you. I don't want to do this. I want to do this, you know, in front of everybody. Okay. Um, So Tuesday, what happened? Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, you came over to work out. I did. Mm -hmm. And just to let y'all know. Yeah. The man of God tried to kill me. (laughs) I did not. (laughs) The man of God tried to kill me. man of God said he got goals. Okay. (laughs) And I don't know what he thinks he's going
0: to do to get to them. But this is how I reach my goals. And I asked (laughs) him, did I, did I not ask you, Brian, what do you want to
1: work on? And, and, and you asked, yes, you did. And I, and and you I said, back to you. I said, whatever, whatever you had in mind.
0: Okay. And I said, all right, I'm going to do what I had planned to do.
1: <laughs> and when I get there, the man of God said, we had 1,600 reps. <laughs> he was like, it's easy. It's nothing. It's nothing. After the first, like set, I'm <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> but you made it through. I made it through. I survived. You did
0: it. And like, it wasn't easy for me either. Like I like pushing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it's always fun when I can get other people in there with my madness and craziness. Um, yeah. It gives me more joy. Yeah, it was,
1: um, <laughs> I survived, but, 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 but truthfully, I think it was a great opportunity, great time. Um, I did survive and you know, it, and it made sense. I think after I, I texted Josh out of the back and said, one, uh, you know, one, you tried to kill me, mm-hmm. uh, but then two, that makes sense why, you know, why the man of God is ripped like he is. So, uh, you know, I need to keep you know getting my stuff together. As you say, death to dad bods. Death to dad bods. We don't believe so, in those over here. Come summer, I can show off. Come on, because we got a trip. We do on the books. Mm-hmm. And I got to be ready. Mm-hmm. I want to be ready. No wife beaters in the on the beach. Mm-mm. Just just open shirt. <laughs> open shirt season. <laughs> Speaking open of
0: seasons, have uh-huh. you? early voted my friend
1: i haven't early voted yet.
0: okay so um here's my issue with you okay this is the last this was the last four week to vote
1: mm-hmm. I, okay so I, if
0: you don't hurry up you're gonna be in that eight hour
1: line on no tuesday listen man of god if if i'm either doing this week or i'm i don't care if i'm gonna stand that line. I'm i standing, mean i will stand all day.
0: you're going to subject yourself to
1: the line oh, i yeah. just don't want i just don't want you to have to do it man of god. yeah i don't i don't want have to either I, I I be I look at the low the low times uh, that show you know the weights and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so hopefully I can if I can if me and Lauren can figure that out because uh, I do have Brooklyn with me all day. So if we can figure it out, maybe we take turns or if she can do hers early, I can meet her at the polls. I'm
0: gonna have to send you a little face
1: shield for Brooklyn, and you have to put it in that <laughs> stroller. <laughs> I might have to though. I, I think because I think um for the most part people are wearing masks to the polls, right?
0: You just yes. Yeah, so when we went last week, um it actually took us about 12 minutes, one of the mm-hmm. locations we found. And the reason why it took us 12 minutes because it wasn't super packed, but I will say they had a ton of protocols in place. Okay. Um, They were wiping down the little pins as we filled out, you know, signing mm-hmm. in sheets and all that different kind of stuff. I remember everyone having a mask. What mm-hmm. I don't remember if there were signs mandating it. Okay. But everybody at the location that I was at had one on. So I'm going to assume okay. that it was mandated. Um. So, yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, cool. I think if I could, like, I go to the store like in whatever Brooklyn sometimes. So it's mm-hmm. the, it's the same scenario as long as you know people are social distance and stuff like that. And if, if people have on the masks for the most part, I think is a safe. It's a safe, safe bet. So yeah, uh, I, I'll keep checking the times tomorrow, Friday, and get uh, it done. I'm gonna get it done.
0: And I voted for everybody black and everybody Democratic,
1: <laughs> blue and black,
0: blue and black, except a couple <laughs> of spots that only had Republican incumbents right and now. I chose my role my, I, <laughs> I chose my right not to vote
1: exercise <laughs> <laughs> your right not to vote for this yes person.
0: sir I don't know you Mm-mm. I don't know what you want I don't know why you're here at all <laughs> I should have rolled my name in against
1: them <laughs> right you should have <laughs> uh, Joshua rogers
0: because I One think vote. it was like random stuff like the Cobb county treasurer <laughs> and they ran against nobody I should have been like Josh rogers right but yeah man no go all ahead right. and knock that out bro go ahead and because i I already know next week it's gonna be bananas. It's, gonna be, it's yeah. gonna be so bananas. And not only just the lines, I think the um the shenanigans.
1: Oh yeah, I can believe that. Yeah,
0: I think that's gonna be the part that I don't want you to be a part of. <laughs> Cause I, the man of God got a short temper, and I don't need one of these one of these white Trump supporters roll up on you and you know you on the news i ain't got time we're we gonna bail our brother out but right we, we ain't got that. time to be going through that <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't need this situation we don't Mm-mm. need that we, we don't, don't need, it. need that so um do it you know i heard something in the news what'd you hear that your um your little city got another championship don't you don't you do it, it <laughs> we did we, we're title town brother listen we are title town. listen
0: to that so i want to you know this isn't a sports show and We don't talk sports often because it's it's really one sided. <laughs> you know, I know you'd say what you said about the Clippers, mm-hmm. right? But how are you a title town, and y'all y'all have these people, city center, and you don't embrace them, right? You don't you don't try to push them towards championship and love, right? Nobody's rooting for them. It's just Lakers, Dodgers, and whatever else y'all got over there, you know, in this in this the city of Angels. What is this this discrimination?
1: Well, the discrimination is, it's just long-term, long-time fandom. So, (laughs) the Lakers have been there longer than the Clippers. Okay, I believe the Dodgers have been there longer than the Angels. So, and the Angels aren't really in Los Angeles. Angels are in Orange County.
0: Okay, so So that's another professional baseball. So it's it's an Angels, Clippers, Lakers, Dodgers, kind of.
1: We have so many teams, (laughs) we have so many teams, like in Los Angeles, but there's only, you know, real Angelinos. well you know some people really like the Clippers but real like diehard fans of sports usually are Lakers and Dodgers fans that's like like, a, like the uh McCall from Love and Basketball yeah <laughs> 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 oh, <okay. laughs>
0: remember don't do that that was a black classic
1: it is a black classic. Love and Basketball is a great movie. Like, I, I really enjoy that movie.
0: It's a black classic. It's some, mm-hmm. it's some problematic things in there, but it's a black there
1: classic. There are. <laughs> there are. And we, at the end of one point, we probably need to go down a list of all the different black movies that we enjoy. Uh, that is just completely have terrible underlying uh, ideas, thoughts, and stuff like that. Because I
0: got one real quick. What is that? Set it off. So, okay. mm-hmm. watched it last night for the first okay. time in like... At least 10 years, I mm-hmm. want to say maybe 15-ish years. Okay. Last time I like sat down and like intentionally watched it. It's been on TV. I'm always mm-hmm. passing through. Last night, for some reason, I was in a movie mood. So I'm like, all, all right, right, let me just find something. And I was like going through the um Showtime app and sauce so I said I was like, you know what? You know, and I think for me, what really hit home was the ending. And I know we always talk about the infamous Cleo scene, mm-hmm. but it's like Cleo. What were you trying to prove?
1: right? What was the plan?
0: What not like, I don't know. you know, the <laughs> hydraulic she was doing. I'm going to throw like, it out. Like, yeah, like she was legit dead when she lit that cigarette. I think she knew at that moment it was over, but I guess the question comes, Brian, and maybe you can answer it in, in brevity because, you know, this isn't a set it off recap show. Um, <laughs> like the, the white guy, and we, we don't really trust white cops around here. Right. So let's just start at there. All, it's hard to all. do that. Right. But in this, fictional film, Mm -hmm. he seemed to have a level of understanding with them. Right. And I think some of it was the guilt of um, Stoney's brother being killed.
1: Mm -hmm. But
0: even if that was the case, that because even when they got caught in the last bank, that prompted them to die, like, they reasoned. They didn't shoot back at first. Mm Mm-hmm. They was finna like, you know. I mean, they're gonna take them to jail, but they were willing to not like immediately kill. And then in every moment where each individual woman got stopped outside of TT because she died, Mm -hmm. you know, before it all went down, and Jada Pinkin escaped, but like he allowed her to escape, he didn't say Mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. He took his gun and stuff off with Frankie, and like they had Cleo cornered, but you know, we don't think they would have shot her had she got out the car. But she got out,
1: blazing. You know, blazing.
0: What? I guess what is that mindset? Because at that moment it was over. They weren't mm-hmm. gonna get the money. They right. were going to jail, but right. they didn't
1: have to die. No, you didn't have to die. And and honestly, well, let me see here. So, uh, it, to me, it's tough because it's like one. In one situation, you can think, you know, robbing banks. We've seen people get off, not get off, but like not saying spend a life in prison. If anything, like she probably could have spent, you know. Well, then she's black, so. Yeah, so she would have went down for bank robbery, federal crime. You gotta spend what more time than you would have to do for like a state crime. Um, black women so would we'll probably say double it mm-hmm. what a white person probably would get. So say you, fifteen to twenty years maybe. So I guess she felt that that wasn't worth it. You know what I mean? So, um, but it is. I I don't understand it. I really I, the thought process I think is like I'd rather die than spend my life behind bars or spend time in in jail, or really like other than her girlfriend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, what did Cleo have to live for?
0: That's true, because there was a moment I remember she had the conversation about with, um, with Stoney, saying, you know what I'm saying, you can go, you know, the Blair Underwood care, you can go move to the suburbs and, li- suburbs and live your life. This hood life, this is my life, this is me. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I'm, I'm not that. So I guess to that point, like, what else do I got? But then you got Frankie, right? Who mm-hmm. just was angry, right. seemingly, and killed. hmm and why did her and Jada split up? I did, like that was the other part that I questioned in my mind too.
1: Um, I don't know. Usually like they say to, to split up if you so y'all get caught at the same time. Yeah, maybe.
0: I, I yeah. Know. I mean, I guess like when I thought about it, I got that, but then thinking like in this moment, like if you wouldn't have split up, both of y'all could have put on one of them sombrero. Yeah, been out. <laughs> and been in Mexico.
1: Right. And and the cop I think would have understood too, because you know, Frankie's Stoney is Jada, right?
0: Stoney is Jada.
1: Yeah, Stoney is J. So Stoney, the capital empathy because Stoney's brother got killed. Mm-hmm. But I think the cop also worked the case when Frankie's bank got robbed initially. Did, yeah
0: yeah. That, and that's what she, I think she was still pissed at him right. because, you know, she was pretty much typecast as a black woman.
1: You knew these
0: quote unquote thugs and, right. you know, if this bank gets robbed, you know what I'm saying? And you let somebody because I think that guy shot a white woman.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, you know, the cop would have understood too, like, you know, this all this is because of that incident you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying but of course Mm -hmm. you can't really trust cops but but i'm gonna go back and watch it though i think i want to go Go back back, and watch it go
0: back and watch it i think as an uh well you might have been an adult the last time you seen it but like right now present life um i think for perspective may be a little bit different oh Um, yeah especially considering everything that's going on with police and interaction with police officers and um, the whole conversation around like why black people like well why people but more specifically black people loot,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and while I have my feelings about that we can talk about that you know so I think oh, yeah. that mindset of those women were mm-hmm. pretty much some of the mindset of the people who loot, um, but we can we, we can dive into that <laughs> another day another conversation. Right. Um, yeah. I think you got a song of the week for us. I do. Okay. <laughs> That's, 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 oh, he, oh, he's, oh, he's clearing that throat. I'm ready. <laughs> it's
1: going to be a surprise one. <laughs> okay. I think you're going to enjoy it.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I am sitting here waiting.
1: Bless me. Bless <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, Lord. Bless me indeed. In large <laughs> my territory.
2: <sighs>
1: oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Bless me Indeed I pray for Increase bom, bom. Okay, okay. Gotta do, do the good part though. Keep okay,
2: go. your hands
1: <laughs> upon me, that no evil can now harm me. Here goes the good part right here. Okay. Sunshine <laughs> and rain, sickness and pain. Lord, I humbly come to you. I'm done. <laughs> That's one of your favorite people. Jesus, Allah wishes Christ. (laughs) You you like Donald Lawrence?
0: I I love Donald Lawrence. (laughs) I don't know if that's one of my favorite songs of his, but I love Donald. It is a timeless and classic song. Absolutely. And um, thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you for that, Brian. (laughs) I'm trying to speak a word of your life. You catch on, catch hold of that.
0: Listen, listen. I repent. I'm lifting my hands up right now.
1: <laughs> catch hold that
0: my ter- enlarge my territory, Woo! Lord. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge Lord. it. I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> Donald, if you're listening, <laughs> don't 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 shame us. Don't bash us for what we did to this. Well, what my brother did to
1: your song. I, I yeah, I wasn't the best work, but it wasn't the worst work. Oh no, whoa. We've heard far worse. Yes. Far worse. I, I need to next time I'm gonna do a crash cut song. Oh, I'm gonna do a crash cut song. Okay, you ready to go into the bless up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go into the bless up. Let's head over there.
2: Yeah. See right now.
1: All right, we are here at the Bless Up Report, and we have a couple people today. Uh, All right. So am to start off with first. A black woman by the name of Monica Henderson, uh, Mink Monica. Life Motivation. Uh, Mink Life Motivation is a community of trainers and experts who believe in uh, in empowering individuals uh, by the work of collaboration to optimize our business clients or clients' businesses. By utilizing Mink Life uh, Motivation principles, uh, they have a community and a platform of online exposure that increases network and net worth so mink life is doing great things and josh you and i had the privilege of speaking at uh their conference this past weekend yeah we talked about i think the last two
0: episodes put the links in the description box and um it was amazing got to meet and network with some great people, literally from across the globe. Some conferences oh, yeah. say that they're global, right. and they have like one attendee from Canada. But this one, <laughs> <laughs> this one was like legit global. Um, oh yeah. people from like Australia and uh, South Africa, and uh-huh. just everywhere. India.
1: Um, yeah,
0: it was it was dope. Now there was a woman who claimed to be a psychic. Hmm. Who said she used like her tarot card readings to get insight for her business and to and to find parking let, spots. Let, and, I said, and I said I said, listen, <laughs> now I don't know. Monica, <laughs> we love you. But this but this woman right here, she 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 had my she had my spiritual antennas <laughs> up. But no, seriously, though. Conference, conference is absolutely great. And um, Brian was a breakout speaker. Um, mm-hmm. excellent job, excellent job all around to everybody who put it together. It was it was dope.
1: But Josh, you were the one that uh, everyone was talking about, though. I don't know Literally. that everyone was talking. Every, every, the people were talking. The <laughs> people were talking. They they wanted you to be president. That that is lofty. <laughs> they wanted you to be president. That is you did, lofty. You did a great job though. I you did a really it. wonderful job. I appreciate you. You know, helping helping me out. You saved me in a couple places, so I appreciate you. What are our brothers for? What are what are they for? Friends. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was going there. <laughs> How many of us have them? <laughs> <laughs> Friends. But ones you can depend on friends all right bless up monica <laughs>
1: <laughs> so bless up to monica henderson and Meek live motivation continue to do great things in this world uh, we appreciate you uh next up um hopefully we don't need this product or these people um next tuesday night um but gonna i'm them? gonna <laughs> it's gonna be in on some hand. capacity in some <laughs> capacity uh, either celebratory or in you know morning Uh, So McBride Sisters Collection, it is uh, a wine, but uh, Rob McBride and Andrea McBride-John, they make wine, like I said, Uh, they make it in California and in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Since 2015, the McBride Sisters have a mission and it's been clear to transform the industry, lead by example and cultivate community one delicious glass of wine at a time. Um, and the dope thing is, you know, usually black women, uh, in the black businesses, we have a hard time getting in certain spaces and places and guess what their stuff is in Target. It's in Kroger. Uh, as black people say Kroger's, it's in Kroger. Put the on there. Well, that's a Trader Joe's in your local wine shop. So yo, if, if, you know, we believe in supporting uh black business, uh, so go out there, get your wine, stock up. Um, we're going to need it. Um, as- <laughs> from Tuesday night, and we don't know how long was, you know, if the votes are disputed, uh, if militias are out here ripping and running, um, if recounts are taking place or coups or uh, lacking transferring and power, it's going to be an interesting time after uh, the election. So we're going to need this. wine.
0: Definitely support the McGrath sisters. Um, We have supported them. Really great product. Um, I would definitely tell everyone to do it as well. And uh, so bless up to y'all, Robin and Andrea. Uh um, yes. you ready to get to the billboard? Let's go. We got, we got some, some got a few things to talk about. So um, well, one of the, the least popular award shows came on last night. That was the BT Hip Hop awards oh, okay. um and usually they are just trash it's like mm-hmm. if you remember the vibe awards or like the source awards yeah imagine they're just a smidge bit classier that's the BT <laughs> it's Awards. it's just okay. so i didn't watch it because i was watching set it off <laughs> as y'all heard in the beginning <laughs> and um i actually missed this is Us sidebar i need the writers of this is us to help me write my sermons because the way they take you through oh, emotional God. and they build stories oh we can talk about that later because i will get we caught can. up you um because I caught up I caught up on Hulu since I missed it. But anyway, um mm-hmm. uh, BT Horse on last night, mm-hmm. uh Hip Hop Awards rather. And I didn't watch it live, but ooh, what's his name? Two chains. A little way performing one of my favorite songs. Uh-huh. Uh, favorite songs of this season. I won't say favorite song cause that's a lofty title. Right. My favorite song of this season, Moneymaker. Right. Um, and I was like, uh, much mm-hmm. I want to see it. I know it's gonna be on YouTube. So I did that when I finished set it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went and watched, found it, and um of course, you know YouTube suggests things, and it suggested the um, the rap cipher. Now they do this every year, and this yeah. year they did it with women. But this time, but they said, but it literally said women's cipher, um, and they had Tiana Taylor, her, Brandy, Erica Badu. Immediately, immediately, I was a tad bit irritated because I'm like, uh-huh. here go B E T B E T N. Right messing up stuff because I, as while I respect all four of those women in their respective lines, like I'm not the I think I'm the least fan of Tiana Taylor, like I get her artistry, just not a huge right. fan of her
1: right, um, right. same here
0: yeah, I mean, but but she's not like terrible, right but no, no, so, so, just, yeah, so, I'm not a fan yeah yeah, so I yeah. respect all four of them in their own right, but I'm like, this is also the hip hop awards, rappers, like why they bringing these r and b soul artists to the game right. but bro, when I press play. Mm-hmm. And Tiana came out with that first verse, mm-hmm. and then her, mm-hmm. and then Erica, mm-hmm. and then even Brandy. You know how I feel about Norwood. I know. And Brandy <laughs> dropped the verse, and they did it all to I Want to Be Down. Bro, they, when I tell you those women spit, yeah. f- bro, it was. Yeah. I, re, I think I watched it three times when I went to bed. Yeah, I watched it. It three was times. so dope. And I personally favored Erica's verse. It was just so quirky and, like, futuristic and incense. It smelt like blackness. And I just, like, <laughs> this is what I'm resonating
1: with. Did you watch it? Did you have a chance to watch it? Oh, yeah, I watched it. Okay. And I'm a stand of her. So. Yeah, we know you love her. I, you know, I love her. <laughs> Issa Rae, then her. Maybe, no, hold on. Issa Rae, Tracy Ellis Ross, then her. Okay. That's my <laughs> trinity of, you know celebrity crush um yeah so you know i had to i had to watch i love erica badu like Eric badu we talked about on the on the r&b episode i had to pick one person erica badu is that person Mm -hmm. um so yeah i um yeah i just i watched it and i think we had the conversation like like, why would you choose you know these r&b singers but the r&b singers like came with it though
0: they came with it and i guess the other reason why i when i went back and thought about why i wasn't so surprised all four of those women are like artists and I think right. that's the difference Like mm-hmm. like Once I finally listened to it I was like okay You know what They killed Because they are artists right. And they are all songwriters uh-huh. So I don't think it was hard But they also had like a cadence And a flow mm-hmm. Like it wasn't you not know, some people mm-hmm. who don't rap They get on and they had like that This is my name My name is Josh I walk down the right. street I do like No they were like Mixing right. the rhythms And like uh-huh. you know Coming in and out Like they were Like they were rapping rapping Oh yeah they had it You know they were rapping rapping So and to me Like going off subject a little bit that's the beauty I love about Cardi B like while she doesn't write she mm-hmm. has an ability to convey those lyrics in a oh, way yeah. that makes her a superstar so with these right. women not only did they write them like they like sat in and got in the pocket and mm-hmm. rolled that joint and it was it was it was the cipher we didn't know we needed right and, and
1: I think it stole the show and there's other some other uh, artists that performance like that but I think to me that stole yeah. like, the show
0: between them and Toby because I don't uh, want to mess up his last name
1: uh, <laughs> they kill try Jesus, and then Don't he did the, uh, the song Eat, mm-hmm. uh,
0: which is one of my favorite. Actually, his wife, Fat, is mm-hmm. the star of that song. Her verses amazing because he's about to be on a first name basis with Beyonce. Okay, <laughs> 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 that's even Jaden has that on his uh, iTunes. Like, oh, wow, he has okay, downloaded that. Yeah, um, did I tell you Jaden knows the um, the chorus and the first like. First three lines to uh Mississippi, Pride, Pride, by, by little, know, yeah. We walk around the like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it don't shock me, but you know, you I know. raised
0: some I raised some very balanced children because
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Jane is the plain one that has G, all the G.E. Patterson song downloaded in his iPad. Oh, yeah,
0: right? and the whole Clark discography
1: <laughs> <laughs> and a little murder. <laughs> and the murder.
0: The clean version, though, because I am a responsible parent.
2: <laughs> oh
0: man, so um. Thinking about you know people who don't deserve to be here. Let's go. Let's take the, the the billboard to some trashy stuff. Jared Kushner. Oh. Um. You know, if you're not familiar with him, I'm not here to introduce you to him, but just know that he's trash. Um. He's you know Trump supporter, staunch Republican, all that different kind of stuff. He said that black folk, um, black people are you no know, people are complaining about black unarmed people being shot. Um. Our virtue signaling, and then he said that people want to be successful. meanwhile, he has a job because of who he married and because of who his parents are, and that gave him a million dollars. What he really alleged was mm-hmm. is that black folk are lazy um mm-hmm. he was saying that the same communities that complain and then Mm -hmm. at one point he said mostly those african-american communities right they are the same people who actually don't do what they need to do to be successful now he talked about us complaining about people getting shot he talking Mm -hmm. about us um not being able to have jobs but he has been and that's even with trump right you were given a loan from your dad you were given money you were given a leg up in ways a lot of us don't have the opportunity to have a leg up right and i just find it asinine that Time and, time and I'm really not surprised, but time mm-hmm. and time again, these white boys get in these spaces right. and have these conversations about their privilege,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not even understanding that they're exerting their privilege in a way that is like disgusting and dogmatic, yep. but trying to talk about this, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't, we don't even have boots. Right, A lot of it And if we do we have boots <laughs> We don't have straps on them Like you know right. what I'm saying There's so, there so many barriers and obstacles I think there's been a political cartoon That was um, That's been pretty popular It's been around for years And it's like this white guy With um, they, Two, a white guy and a black guy Are both uh-huh. um, in a, like an obstacle course and There's a finish right. line And like he has like one little hurdle And something else to get to the finish line While this other guy has like A ball and chain to his ankle mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. like bombs, spikes, everything on the road. And and then the white guy looked at him and said, "Um, it's the same distance, just go. Yep, yep, yep. And it's it's like, you know, no, we both probably went to school. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Did our four years, maybe majored in the same thing, maybe went to the same school, all this other kind of stuff. But it's something about when you get into the office versus me sometimes that like your level of access, your privilege gets you into spaces and gets you opportunities that I have to work sometimes three, four times as hard to get to and that is the same kind of terrible rhetoric that Kushner pushed in this um particular I don't want to say it was an interview it was like it seemed like it was a press conference or whatever he was doing but it was trash Kushner's trash um I don't really I don't really want to give him any more other than to let you all know that he's trash if you support Mm -hmm. him he's trash if you agree with that you're trash um so Jerry Kushner everybody agreed (laughs) um speaking of trash the the, the man this thing is not getting any better for us um (laughs) the last presidential debate was last week um
1: Mm -hmm. opening thoughts what did you think about it brian um i thought this one was much better than the previous debates between uh the two old men i agree i agree um yes between the two old men it was much better um i think you know unbiased i think joe won this one Mm mm-hmm Um, I think the, the threat of turning off the microphones worked to the, to the, to the favor of Joe Biden, uh, because you know, our current president could not, um, over talk. Uh, and usually if you looked in the first debate, I think we talked about his, his main strategy was to just over talk and to cut off and to kind of get, you know, Joe off, off balance Mm -hmm. um and you know when joe got off balance he couldn't really talk about policy and this time he actually got the opportunity to talk about policy so yes that's my my thought process
0: yes yes and um yeah i i I pretty much agree but i what i will highlight is um the grace of the black woman miss Kristen welker who moderated that debate um the first one to ever do one um, so shout out to her, and I know you know we give the moderators a hard time, but it's it's only so much you can do with a you know a Donald Trump type personality, right? Uh, like you said, the threat of the mute, like I want to know what's that mute button work. I wish she had access to the mute button. Or oh, she yeah. could just, you know, because he kept in inter- a row. But she, I will say, she did a much better job managing the conversation. She was like, All right, I need to ask this question. You have 15 seconds before I go to much the- better, you know. So, she did a much better job mm-hmm. of kind of commanding the stage in such a way. Um, So shout out to her. But yeah, the debate was a better one. It was easier to stomach than -hmm. the first one. Um, I mean, Donald Trump was still Donald Trump. Trump. He didn't really talk about anything. He was really defensive, throwing a lot of attacks and jabs and, you know. Mm -hmm. He
1: said he was was at least racist in the building oh <laughs> and there was literally no one in the in the
0: building so so even if even if that did because that still means you are racist
1: because just because right. you're
0: the least racist you're not. <laughs> but even if that did mean that you weren't racist there was literally
1: no one else there Right. so Except for the black woman standing right in front of you yeah or sitting right in front of you <laughs>
0: so yeah. that that meant now you just literally <laughs> said it to a Empty room, <laughs> but <laughs> we digress. Uh, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> Lastly, but not least, one of our favorite writers and producers, although he missed the mark in my opinion with Black AF on Netflix. However, I didn't, didn't um, even shop I gave it my typical three episodes, and I was like, mm-hmm. "This is." I thought it was. I thought it was going to be a raunchier, like more explicit version of Blackish.
1: Right. That's all. That's all I thought too.
0: Not that it was like. It reminded me of Real Husbands of Hollywood, that kind of parody on reality television.
1: Mm, no thank you.
0: Yeah, it Yeah, but it wasn't like crazy. It was just that kind of, that thing.
1: Right. But
0: about his life and his family. But anyway, we won't, we, won't, we won't critique that too hard. But Kenya Bears is slated to write and direct the Richard Pryor biopic. Now, while um, Black AF probably was not the, um, what we thought it was going to be, I do respect his work. I mm-hmm. love Blackish. Uh-huh. So we can start there. Great I actually like um, Gronish. Uh-huh. Uh huh. While it is, I have some critiques of Gronish, but I, overall, it's a decent mm-hmm. show. I yep. like Mixish. I do. I do appreciate Mixish. I think they do a really good job digging into interracial affairs, mm-hmm. and they're not—they're mm-hmm. not so one-sided to where it's like learn black culture, but like you can right. see. Um, Rainbow's Matica Sumter's character kind of struggle with adapting to some, you know, white culture things like that. So I think it's right. a very well-rounded show. And I'm excited about Old Dish, mainly because I love Jennifer Lewis.
1: She's a, she's and a I think part.
0: Jennifer Lewis, Jennifer Lewis, and Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne, is also showing us a comedic side of him that's oh, yeah. rarely shown. So oh, I yeah. think the combination of those two navigating what life and marriage looks like um, after a divorce and after all these years, I think it's going to be absolutely hilarious. Oh yeah. I, but my only critique of all of that is that I don't know how many issues we 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 gonna get. I, I feel f- like there, I feel like there's a few more that he could do. I just uh-huh. don't know. Like at what point does the ish? Get old, you know what right, I'm saying? So, right, right. but anyway, I, I'm they're gonna
1: do gayish. I think gay oh, might be next.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like yeah. it probably is. I don't know how the now that means though. If we're looking at the trend, somebody's gonna have to unless he. Oh, Andre Sissle, Raven. Raven Simone.
1: Yeah, Raven. Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking.
0: Raven Simone. Okay, I might say yeah. Somebody wanted Kevin had to come out, but yeah, Raven Simone is already yeah there. Anyway, he's doing yeah. the Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> he did yeah. the Richard Pryor by and We got way off. Um, right. I will say, I think it's gonna be. I think that's going to be dope because he is a really great writer and producer. Yep. And the and I think he's going to stay true to history because how he even talks about current events,
1: You're absolutely you, right. you
0: can see his, you can see his bias. I'm not uh-huh. going to lie. But I think that's his preference, right? It's his art. It's his show. He do whatever you want to do. But I still think even with his own bias, he's still very true and honest with what's happening right. um, and I, I don't think that he's going to t- while everybody has the poetic license when they mm-hmm. do these biopics I don't think that he's going to stray so far away just for film's sake um, mm-hmm. that it's going to be like unreal um, so I, I wonder we've heard rumors about Richard Pryor and some things mm-hmm. um, so I, you know I'm just very interested to see how that goes out and I think I heard years ago that um, Mike Epps was supposed to play him is that still yeah. a thing?
1: I'm understanding with the last time it got greenlit. Mike Epps was cast to As, play Richard. Okay, and then that's and that's when when it, the story came out. I was like, like, huh? Like, I thought this is already supposed to be a thing.
0: Yeah, but I think so many things got put on pause because of Corona and that. whatever, so they probably just, I, I don't know, just just give us Aretha that's coming out at the end of the year with J-Hood. J-Hood is loud, but J-Hood oh, J. is yes. going to be good, and I'm ready gonna for that. She's going to give us a good Aretha. <laughs> I'm ready for that. All right, man, you ready to get into um, this living room conversation? I think it's a good one.
1: Let's go on over there. I got my drink in hand.
0: Yeah, let's. so grab your drink, grab your snack, and let's pull up a seat on the couch in the living room.
1: hey we are here in the living room thank y'all for sticking around uh yeah. to hang out with us today um so um joshua this this whole you know pandemic thing has been an interesting place and space and opportunity for so many people um uh and i think even for both of us um it's kind of interesting that we kind of talked about or i sang the song uh, you know Bless me by Donald Lawrence, mm-hmm. because even in this weird time, we've had some like ups, some downs, um, as you say, the perils, the praises, the pomp and circumstance. We've had all those things during this pandemic. So, um, and I think it may be a good opportunity to discuss some things during this time that we've been able to make it through uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, so, uh, I guess to me, during this time, and I know we're about to head into like holiday season and Christmas and stuff like that, we may do a more reflective uh episode mm-hmm. but during this time i okay. guess let's start off this what is something that you've learned during this pandemic
0: whoo heavy heavy <laughs> heavy
1: um wow i've learned a
0: lot about josh uh huh um i've learned if this we can just lean into that um <laughs> i've learned wow um Okay, so let me be very transparent. So my last therapy session was one that for anyone who's in therapy is one that, you know, every session isn't one that you leave feeling great. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you leave feeling, you, I mean, you, you're reflecting. Uh, sometimes you leave irritated, still, because mm-hmm. you kind of, that hour hit and, you know, and I think that's intentional, right? To get, to get you thinking and moving. And this is what she did <laughs> this time. And, um, the question was, cause for anyone who knows, I got laid off in April. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently resigned from some leadership positions within my church. Um, no drama. It was just, I, I just felt the need to move. Okay. Um, so that happened. I also am not in school anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, as much as I love my capital Alpha Psi, I am not financially <laughs> active, <laughs> which also means that like some of these virtual chapter meetings and stuff, I haven't been a part of. Mm-hmm. Why does any of that matter? Well, a lot of that matters because, um, as revealed to me, and I really thought about it, a lot of my, what I considered my identity and what I identified as was wrapped up in how I served and how I worked. Mm, okay. And the question... Okay that she asked me that I sat with was who is Josh Rogers stripped of everything that is not work? Hmm. And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't identify him, right? Mm -hmm. Um so a lot, but as, as she began to unpack that, right. I began to, and this is the the part where I'll stop being as transparent, right. We began to really unpack and figure out and see who that was and start giving language Mm -hmm. to that. She just had me speaking and she began to type what I said and read it back to me. And I was like, I don't know this person. And she was like, but that's literally what you just said. That's Mm -hmm. what you just said. Um, So even so unbeknownst to me, Like there's been this sense of shout out to, you know, alpha ever first lady, Michelle Obama. There's been this sense of becoming Mm -hmm. um, throughout 2020 that I didn't expect to happen. Um, I didn't expect to grow and to be my perspective to be changed and challenged in ways. And I think a lot of it is because in the pandemic, I've had a lot of time to be Mm -hmm. self-reflective because of me being laid off. I, I, I have not spent the traditional nine to five hours doing structured work. Like while, while we have built a podcast, while I've launched my fitness community and, you know, worked on some other projects because it's kind of, it well, not kind of, it is entrepreneurial in nature. Mm-hmm. I was able to do that, you know, when I felt like it or, you know, set up, I'm going to do two hours here, three hours there, blah, blah, blah. When I get inspired, I can just go versus, you know, um, you know. You're still working, thank the Lord. And you know, and you know, you yep. st- and while you are remote, there are certain hours where you are working, right? And you mm-hmm. can't get around that. Right. So, and that's the corporate space. So, I haven't had that. So, it's been a lot of time for me to really reflect and to think. And then being in the home, I joke about it a lot. Being in the home with my wife and my children, but it's been a, it's been a moment for me to kind of see them beyond what I even knew them to be, uh-huh. and kind of for me to even look at um, who they are, my relationship with them, my, my, um, my stock with them, ways in Mm -hmm. which I can improve ways in which I want them to improve. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like so many things, I mean, bro, so many of the things. And, (laughs) um, so yeah, I think my, my idea of what life was going to be this year, just kind of 2020 you know cliche what people are saying that you have clear vision all that kind of stuff it hasn't it has been the murkiest year um right. of my entire not adult life life and um i've navigated it sometimes i don't think well mhm i'll be honest but i have navigated it up until end of october <laughs> <laughs> so i yeah so what about you
1: um it's, it's a weird thing it's it's one your plans sometimes ain't and also, you need to plan yeah. um, like I had all these grand plans for this year, mm-hmm. uh, like as far as, oh, you know, because, you know, those that are not, I have a child, I have my child in October um, and I had all this like plans to travel and see all these people and do all this stuff. Like, literally, I turned 35 this year. Um, it was our 10 year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh um, my daughter was going to turn one this year.
0: I mean milestone after milestone.
1: After milestone. So in my mind, I had everything planned up. Um I was gonna visit my like literally every single month of the year, I had a plan of where we we're gonna go, what we we're gonna do, purchase plane tickets, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to go on a guy's trip and you know, our you know, in you know
0: in May. In May. <laughs> we're supposed
1: to go on a guy's trip, like and that was we and we had planned that for like a minute. Like we had been could be all busy. So we were like, this is the time to go do it. So literally I, it was going to be like nonstop. And we had a plan. I had a plan for everything, purchase tickets, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much all of my plans for that pretty much just blew up. Um, and I'm gonna kind of go to something different, but I'm gonna go out in a little bit. Okay. And um, like I, at the beginning of everything, it was kind of like, oh, okay, it's cool. My plans are still gonna be in effect this thing's gonna blow over and we straight mm-hmm. um and as you know and i think i think every month as as friends we would text each other and say how y'all doing how y'all doing and at the beginning of the the time i was like i'm great this, this is straight blah 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 this is this is great but then as time went on it was kind of like okay like get me out of here and like i started becoming like kind of claustrophobic yeah um, being in the house all the time, I wasn't going, I'm not going to the office, not going anywhere, pretty much just in the house, all my plans as far as traveling and those, you know, that know our group, our circle, like we go all the time, like traveling is like a thing that we do. Um, and like, I just did not get the opportunity to travel and i like, was getting claustrophobic and then I was getting like cranky and like upset because it was like, I just need to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, because even with my job, like my job requires me to travel. So it was like job travel and then also like just leisure travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and like having all these plans of going, and then all my plans have been killed, and then I'm just sitting and not doing anything, that was whack. Um, but the blessing of it all is that planning is important because I was able to start planning and really dive in deep in some other personal endeavors. Um, like the nonprofit stuff that I'm going to you know, probably talk about more in the near future. Um, I was able to sit down and actually sit down and, and talk through that and hash that out and stuff like that. So it was cool to see like, you know, it was frustrating that like, you know, the the to see that my plans for my future and my life like pretty much were just crushed. But then it was also see that, you know, by other plans being crushed, I was able to plan for something else that could potentially, you know, uh, reap a, a better harvest in my life.
0: That's that's so good. And I think for me, I am a planner mm-hmm. by nature, right? I'm a planner by trade, I do strategic mm-hmm. planning. <laughs> so when my planning box was destroyed, for mm-hmm. me, it was it was chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it put into question this whole faith concept. Mm-hmm. Um, like we believe we trust we love God, right? But what does it really mean when I have to really have faith? Right. Beyond. Oh, I'm trusting for a new house. So I'm trusting mm-hmm. like, like when I really like when I got laid off and thank God. Ash and I were in, you know, a decent place, but I'm not going, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and hold you. We ain't got no six months. We didn't have six months worth of, mm-hmm. you know, income saved up. Right. So, and thank God for family and friends who were like, Oh, if you need something, we got you. And mm-hmm. part of it is pride. We didn't ask anybody But the other part of us. We haven't gotten to a place where we needed it. Glory. um so thank god for that too so mm-hmm. god provided but it was literally believe, having to believe brian you know that it was going to be okay and right. to be very honest being in spaces where i question my faith mm. and like you're jehovah jireh and right now there is no provision
1: mm. okay mm-hmm.
0: and you know but kind of stepping outside of that and saying like but there is right Right. We haven't, we haven't been hungry. We mm-hmm. still got stuff on our backs. We've been able to do certain things that we even wanted to, but I think it was the uncomfortability mm-hmm. of not having that nine to five that right. made me question his provision uh-huh. in a way that I've never had to question it before. Or even like for me, what really messed me up, bro, even with the planning, but even before I got laid off, I was looking to get out of my last firm. Okay. So part of my reality too was that I felt like I was in an abusive relationship, and they mm-hmm. broke up with me mm. and I didn't get a chance to break up with them um, so I was already looking for jobs, so for me, not finding a job in time for me to have the prideful, but like I'm turning in you know the notice of resignation right um on top of all these jobs telling me no
2: mm-hmm. when
0: I'm like. Juxtaposing my resume with your requirements, right. I'm sometimes overqualified or exactly right. qualified. And you're mm-hmm. saying, No, you found a better, you know, template email, but better candidate. This and then a few jobs mm-hmm. got through the interview process, made it to the final one. Everything was great, pretty much almost promised me the job. And then they ghosted me. Oh, I mean, just I mean, bro, literally ghosted. I'm emailing, calling, they went from responding to my emails within minutes to mm-hmm. ghosting. Mm. And to this day, I got like four companies right now who has still not told me that they don't have the they Like, I didn't get it. Like, they just go. They just not respond. So, Mm. like, what that did to my psyche and how that deals with planning is because, to your point, you know, Ash and I are, you know, really working towards buying a home. Uh-huh. So, like, even though unemployment came through with the CARES Act and stuff like that, it wasn't what I was making. It was nice, and it held right. us over, and it kept us afloat and things like that mm-hmm. um, in, in conjunction with our savings. But it wasn't what I was making. So there were ways that I, I couldn't save. Um, There was ways that I couldn't really do other things that we needed to do to help, you know, further prepare us. For that moment, next year, we're we'll mm-hmm. believing God for. Um, so for me, losing that job was for me a loss of a loss of plans mm-hmm. because a lot of my plans was attached to my income. Right. So when I lost income, I lost my plans. Like I had already had to. To your point about the Miami trip, I had the plane ticket paid for. Mm-hmm. But if you know where what, what was I going to sleep? How was I going to enjoy myself? You know, and I don't, I don't go on trips broke because i because I, I don't like the friend who always be like all right well how much is this no if you come in you come in and we're gonna in. you know so we're gonna enjoy so right, for right. me it was it was the the loss of income was the loss of my 2020 mm-hmm. and i've been struggling um and i'm just now getting to a place and we can talk we'll talk about that later is um where and this was even before the big thing happened just right. now started to get to a place where it's like you know what this is what 2020 is so let's mm-hmm. strategize the moment and it's crazy right. because i've taught a whole masterclass of sorts mm-hmm. on strategizing the culture and if mm-hmm. you don't strategize the culture then culture will you know what i'm saying will eat your strategy up for breakfast if you don't do it right so um and i lost the expertise of my own masterclass mm. because i didn't realize how much i even depended on strategy wow. and planning and how if you don't you know step back for a moment and replan Mm-hmm. right you will get lost and you'll feel whatever mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah and I, and I think that's i think kind of that it happened to me too as far as um i think i kind of like lost myself in the sense of like that's just traveling just who i who i am and That's okay. what i do you know so that's like my <clears throat> my outlet that's my you know the thing that kind of gives me life, um, the thing that kind of like makes me feel good about life, the thing that you know, kind of you know refreshes me and right. uh, refuse me and stuff like that. So I think what ended up happening with you know, like I, you know, I I don't think I was as honest as I probably could have been, like how the level of the the the, the, the depletion like throughout the months. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, because even on top of that, like think about this. During even through this these times, like it's not just us we got whole wives <laughs> we got children you yep. family you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like you know i i'm pretty sure there's been there were moments where um like i wasn't the best as far as my attitude wasn't the best my you know my um my just demeanor wasn't the best and 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 i had a job but mm-hmm. what was happening was um the job that i had which kind of fueled who I was and what I like wasn't doing that you know what I'm saying it wasn't it wasn't doing that and then you know frustration was hitting and stuff like that and it was really it was really getting to the place where it was annoying um and you know I I had to come to Lauren and it was like yo I'm just not feeling good not feeling and depression almost like set in like in some it I'm saying it was it was mild in certain seasons and places um, because again, I just felt like I was just trapped in the house. Um, but I think I ended up over overcoming, um, only because I realized that, you know, you know, there's things that I could be doing. Um, and there was purpose even in the midst of all of this stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So it, it just we think about that when it comes to purpose, like, do you, did you find any purpose during this season or? It was, it was hard. Cause you say
0: depression hit mild. for me. It hit, mm. hit, mm. um, there were days I, I didn't get out my bed mm. and actually be like, babe, come downstairs. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had to have an honest conversation with her. One of those times it was like, you asking me if I'm okay, every day is doing, mm. it's not, it's actually making things worse. Wow, Cause mm. I'm, I'm sick of answering the question. I'm not okay. Right. And I'm not going to magically be OK tomorrow right. because I slip it off. I'm not going to magically be OK in five hours because, you know, it's been five hours later. I want right. to be here. I want to emote. I mm-hmm. want to feel. Um, And I think that she I think part of her frustration was she didn't want to see me like that. But part of right. my frustration was that I need you to allow me to process.
1: Oh yes,
0: and and it was so. I think eventually she gave me the grace to process, mm-hmm. and again I was actively in therapy, so I was I was doing the work right. Mm-hmm. But there were moments where I just didn't feel like it, and I saw myself losing myself. Okay, um, in it. So like you said, you had a best demeanor. Oh, I I know I didn't have it. I know I had an attitude uh, or my mood would change quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. or I would be great and then I would get an email from one of those jobs and it'll be,
1: Oh yeah. And it it hits because
0: it was one that I interviewed and I did great. You know, Mm -hmm. I did great and it, it hit hard and it made me reevaluate. It made me question my worth. Mm -hmm. Um, It made me question who, again, who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, It made me feel like I was alone. And I just wanna pause for the calls here to tell anybody who's listening, uh, no matter how hard 2020 has been, you are not by yourself. Um, This year has been a crap fest for so many of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially to my other black brothers, I want you to understand that your vulnerability is not weakness, Mm -hmm. um, that your ability to feel like you don't know is not making you less of a man f what society says about that kind of crap you right. have the ability to feel what you feel and i want you to know brother to brother man to man black man to black man that you are not by yourself mm. and that um if you need ways to process these things like we have our little p.o box if you just want to write in and do something we've posted resources for therapy you know right. what I'm saying, find you a space to emote and find you a safe space, an accountability space, an accountable space rather, a space where you can be vulnerable and do that. Because mm-hmm. as much as I have not been the best person, I've had to have conversation with my wife where I've apologized and there's been other conversations, you know, apologize for me not being Josh. Uh-huh. But then mm-hmm. there have been other conversations I've had with her that was just like, I need you to understand that what I feel is valid. Mm-hmm. And while, I, while my intent is never to be rude or disrespectful, this is, this is what I'm feeling. So I'm going right. to vow to you. I won't disrespect you, but I'm not, I'm not going to come down here and tell you that I'm going to be happy, go lucky every day either. So right. I went through that phase. Mm-hmm. And then I went through the phase where I was kind of going, you know, kind of going through the motions and all right, cool. I got my workout stuff. I got the podcast. And I've mm-hmm. said it before. The podcast has been the one consistent pocket of joy mm-hmm. for me. Um, uh, Just getting on. And I think sometimes, while we don't always talk about our feelings, especially like at this level of depth, I think just being able to have conversations and yeah. discuss things and, mm-hmm. you know, process life in a way because, you know, podcast is about navigating life. So processing right. life in a way has really helped me. But to directly mm-hmm. answer the question about purpose, uh, it was hard to find it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think part of the purpose that I found, which I've kind of come to the conclusion now, is that um, identifying who Joshua is today. Mm-hmm. But when I say today I mean current state right. um, I think that's been the purpose of this um, because I haven't had the energy to do much I, I, I've written an entire children's book that it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been edited too it's just sitting in the next phase wow. and went nowhere I've outlined mm-hmm. two other books right <laughs> um, I've thought about master classes and things that I could be teaching that I've talked about before to your point about the conference we were just in stuff right. that I've excelled in I got like two three curriculums now bro Wow. and just not push anything out because I haven't, I haven't felt worthy. I haven't felt um, like I had the energy to really do it. And I right. think part of the reason, part of the reason why is because of what I was going through. But the other part was for me to really discover mm-hmm. who I am outside of all this stuff that I do. Because people right. who know Josh Rogers know the busy guy, the guy who's this, this, you know, whatever your idea of me is Mm -hmm. and for me to find rest and comfort and confidence and me being authentically me, like the me that you know me to be,
1: Mm. you know what
0: I'm saying? While you may appreciate everything that I do, you love Josh for Josh right? and me being comfortable and accepting that, that I don't have to perform. I don't have to Mm -hmm. be great. I don't have to give you a great quote for you to like me and love me. Mm -hmm. I can just exist. Right and embracing who that is and fully embodying all of that, I think, has been my purpose point during this season.
1: People, or the lack of people, Mm -hmm. kind of have you know kind of has pulled purpose out. I think, in a certain sense, but I think also to me. You know, those that know me, I'm like an introvert introvert, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what I've realized is whereas I don't necessarily thrive off of people, you know, some people who like they need people to survive, um, yeah, I don't necessarily need, I don't need thrive off of people, but I realize that I need people or I value people and the presence of people, uh, not just people, in, but the people I love, I value and cherish that more than I realized. Um, and mind you, those that know me, y'all know I'm emo, y'all know I'm like super family friend oriented stuff like so, but if, if I love you, I love you. Um, but I think one of the hardest things was really not, um, you know, is being around people. I think the, one of the weird things about the first time, I think we, I really was out the house. Um, hey was when we did our photo shoot and we talking about like we talking about ray of joy a pocket of joy like that day of us just photo shooting bro <laughs> you know what i'm saying and, and we didn't really do much that day. it was just photo. it was shooting.
0: raining it was yeah wasn't even ideal day
1: <laughs> right we was i uh, had a change in the car we had to uh we went from place to place we was and then it got hot all of a sudden we were out there sweating and it was it was like we were you know just being in your presence, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. being in your presence, being in the presence of people you love. And mind you, I, I've been around my family and stuff like that, but friends is like a different type of yeah, presence, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I think that was something I didn't realize. And I, I know I, knew, I know it, I know I love my, like, my friends, my real close friends who I consider like family, um, but I didn't realize how much, like it was like a, not really a desire, but more so like a necessity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: you know what i mean like it was no, no, more no. of a necessity um so i think that was that was the i think and still in you know we're hanging out more now but that was the thing i was kind of like I, if i didn't have that moment i think i might have broke like to be truthful like no that's honest like i might have broke you know i might have been like and i think I, I had the conversation with like with everyone i think i might say that to y'all too like like i need y'all like i gotta see y'all and then y'all came out to the house, um, what Labor, day that. Labor Day weekend. And that was just you, pockets of hope, brother. That was it. You know what I'm saying? Like I needed like that just day mm-hmm. of just like my closest friends and family that I really love. Um, and then moment. Um, so yeah, people, I think people was a big thing, but I know you talked about like as far as productivity. So you've been productive in this, in this moment, but, um, um, we've, kind of talk about some apparels and stuff like that and talk about, you know, productivity. So what do you say some of your praises that have you've seen or some praises that you've had, uh, during this time? I didn't quit. Okay. Um,
0: I think and it is tied to the end of productivity. You know what I'm saying? As, as much as I love what we have today, Anybody mm-hmm. who's been listening to the podcast or any you know since the beginning knows it started off with just me, kind of an oh, yeah. interview based podcast. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um, So I was able to launch an entire podcast mm-hmm, <laughs> in mm-hmm. a pandemic after a oh, layoff, yeah. right? And and again, I question that too because if you know the story of how I got here it was, you know, some, some perils, right. (laughs) Coming into it and, and, and nothing against how, you know, the the former partnership that, you know, didn't happen up until me doing it by myself, nothing against anybody in any of that. It was just, it it happened. And it's right. almost like, how do I do this alone? Do I still do mm-hmm. this? People going to listen to me, blah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. So I was able to launch a podcast and then grow it to a space where I felt like mm-hmm. I needed a co-host. I was able right. to uh, reach out to someone that I trusted and build collaboration and partner and all these different types of things. So that was a thing. Um, again, the fitness community. I started mm-hmm. it like in February, literally, bro, on a lunch break.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. I, I was like, because on Instagram, there's this fitness community called Check In. And you mm-hmm. and literally all we do is like tag check in and uh-huh. they repost it and they post like some inspirational stuff. But for the most part, that's what it is, which is cool. It's built this kind of check in community and right. that's been going on since like from since I knew about it last year. So what mm-hmm. I wanted to do was build something similar, but more personal, more motivating, more whatever, whatever. So I did that on Facebook with a group. And it started off as just that, a group for people to be motivated to live holistically, holistic, healthy lives. Um, right. But when the pandemic hit, we started doing like fitness challenges and I started uh, teaching classes and doing other mm-hmm. kind of things. Now, Now I'm freaking about to test for my group fit certification. So I think as much as all the other like, Deep and kind of teary-eyed stuff that I said I said moments ago. <laughs> uh, in the midst of all of that, this is how I know this is how I I don't know what nobody else thinks. This is how I know God is real. Ooh, in the midst go. of all of that, mm-hmm. I was able to prosper during uh-huh. the pandemic. Yes, and I know people have been saying that very like that's become the new cliche. But mm-hmm. like I legit saw myself make over a few thousand dollars with this workout class. Mm-hmm. So when it first hit I was making like a hundred some dollars, a few hundred dollars a week. Mm-hmm with that class, teaching it virtually. Right. Uh, I was able to drop merch associated with that fitness class. Mm-hmm. I was able to do a partnership with a certified personal trainer who has his own fitness company as one of his coaches. Like. And, and while I'm going through my emotions, right going through my right. ups and my downs and my God were their downs, all of these things were happening. I was having conversations about um, different projects and different things and meeting different people and the podcast began to expand and go into different countries and you know me and you were able to come together and build it to a bigger place and all these different types of things. So for me, the praises of it all was mm-hmm. that I didn't quit and right. where it led me to, uh uh-huh. was this very interesting space so i'll be very very honest and i won't say names because that's just not what i do right um but what i will say is that i worked for habitat for humanity
1: mm-hmm. and
0: corporate no shade to like people who build homes but that ain't, that's <laughs> not what i did every day because people always think oh you were you no know, i didn't i didn't build houses no i didn't i didn't homes. Yeah. i worked at habitat has a corporate office too uh, um so anyway i worked there from about 2015 to 2018 And I tell anybody, any day, if I could pick my dream job or my dream company, like for some people, it's Google and Apple and Facebook and all these other places. For me, it was Habitat for Humanity. It was where purpose met passion and skill Mm -hmm. and education. I went there as a paralegal because I had dreams to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. realize, you know, I'm gonna say what I want to do in my life. So anyway, <laughs> long story short, I ended up transitioning out because I was kind of siloed in that position. But as far as like the mission and the purpose and all that kind of stuff, always aligned to it. After the layoff, I was more focused on kind of getting back into that space. Like now where I am commanding a certain salary, just because, huh, degree three times. Yes, but, sir. <laughs> but at the same time, I am more like, while I have a salary limit, I am less concerned about making three, four, $500,000 than I am about pursuing purpose and passion
2: mm-hmm.
0: because a lot, because some nonprofit spaces, depending on where you are, you can make really good money. So it's not a and even in public sector. So it's not about, you know, what I'm saying the fact that those kind of jobs aren't out there. It's about aligning the two. So anyway, I had applied for a job with Habitat. They finally called me back or emailed me back. We had an amazing conversation. Mm-hmm. In this, uh, who would have been my manager? And things were just great. And she asked me about this particular system um, mm. that she wanted me to be able to use called GIS. Now, I, t- I took a class in GIS in my final, in my most recent master's program. Got an A in the class. Mm. Um, did pretty well. Had to use GIS in my, I didn't have to use, but I used GIS in my, in my graduate thesis paper. So I mm. was like, pretty decent but when she asked me the question was i was an expert i was honest i was like no i said but i can navigate i can make some map because gis for those who don't know is a mapping system where you take like very intricate like census data and literally it will create a a whole map based on that data and Mm -hmm. i mean it's about down to like where certain houses are like i mean like very intricate data so anyway um yeah so when she finally emailed me oh, this was in August. She emailed me a couple of, like maybe a week ago now, telling me that, hey, we decided to go, you know, another direction. However, me and, you know, another leader at Habitat are, um, we're going to have to build a team. And if if you're still interested, then let me know and we'll bring you on, blah, 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 blah. Now, bro, when I tell you out of all of the defeats, that one was the most crushing because of how I feel about Habitat, what I love about it and all these different types of things. Long story short, I had a a connect at at another real estate development firm. That connect put in a good word on one day, on a Thursday, I had a conversation that Friday, literally 15 minutes worth of a conversation. Um, That hiring manager, who's also like the senior VP of the company, uh, was like, send me a writing sample. I sent him that same graduate thesis paper he emails me Saturday as I'm leaving the gym. Side note, I went to a boot camp. We'll talk about that later in black Man self-care. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I was leaving the gym and I got stuck in traffic because, you know, in Atlanta, they like to do traffic on weekends when people aren't, you know, commuting. So anyway, right. as I'm sitting there, like I'm to my hey, standstill. I'm going through my mm-hmm. email and I see literally in the subject line um, company's name offer letter. And I'm like, I looked at wow. it twice. So I opened it and his letter, I mean, his email body content legit says, I know you only spoke briefly, but based on our conversation, based on your writing sample, based on the recommendation, I think you'll be a great fit. Here's your start date. Here's your, you know, with the offer letter, all the details and like that. So the offer is more than what I was making in my last firm. Wow. With bonus potential to make almost a third more of what I was making at my last firm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, so so that's the win. And then here's the thing. They use GIS. Wow. So the same job that said, we need you to be more of an expert. I now have the opportunity to become said expert and build myself in a way because, you know, and build myself in a way to, I am more marketable depending on what happens with this role, you know, whatever happens in the future, right? I'm not, I'm not making any um, assumptions about timelines and things like that. But what I am saying is that God specifically positioned me in a place to where I didn't even have to formally interview. I didn't have to go through any extenuating job application processes. Um, I didn't have to do any, all I had to do literally was maintain. And I think that while my faith wavered um, and when Jesus paid the prayer for his disciples saying, I pray that your faith failed not, I think I was in a space where my faith failed a few times. Um, Uh In the midst of all of that, that's where for me, grace and mercy showed up because when I wanted to give up, when I didn't believe in ways that I should have been believing, I ended up being in a space where I won Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: it was still almost like... (laughs) <laughs> almost like when, when Lazarus died and the uh-huh. sister was like, why'd you let him die? And mm-hmm. Jesus was like, I had to so that I can get glory. And right. I feel like what I've gone through up into this space was mm-hmm. like, you, I needed you to be that low. So right. that when this moment happens, yeah, homeboy may gave you a recommendation, but at right. Habitat, my former supervisor went up to a senior like, executive. She got promoted to like, she's on the website now. Like wow. that level, like senior global person and mm-hmm. her recommendation still wasn't enough. Ooh. So like, so that, so that shows me like, even for God I was saying like recommendations, like they cool and cute, but I'm the one who's in control. I right. think scripture even tells us that promotion doesn't come from the North side to mm-hmm. the West, but it comes from, it comes from God. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was, it was, it was in that, It was in those moments where I was reminded that while you may have stopped believing well, well, mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't think I ever completely lost my faith. Right a question. I questioned it. I wavered Mm -hmm. in my faith. It was almost like Peter walking on the water. Like, I know it's you, but dang, it's scary. Right. Right, And it makes me, you know, and it makes me fall. It makes me stumble. It makes me, you know, and I think about about the last sermon I even preached was about this whole faith, (laughs) this whole faith concept (laughs) of, you know, God being so expansive that, you know, the message was called from um, from sea to shine and sea. So it's Mm -hmm. like, there's nothing I can't do. And then me literally being in a place where I feel like I'm stuck in the middle of the ocean, and here he comes out of nowhere, mm. blessing me, opening up doors, making things happen, and positioning right. me right with a job that allows me to do what I love, um, right. to make a good amount of money, to um, and to also grow my skill set in in a way that makes me even better in my in my profession. So, if mm. anything was the win, I, I mean, the job is you know. Right, right. You know, right. you know coming a couple of weeks, I Ooh. am gangfully employed again. Hallelujah, Jesus. But I think beyond all of that, the real win was that even when my faith felt like it was failing, it was uh-huh. never completely defeated. Wow. And I won so much more than gaining a job. I think I won. Like I said, I'm in this beautiful place of discovery. I'm mm-hmm. in this beautiful place of embracing and understanding who I am. And sometimes it's not easy right. um, because I think the more I'm learning me, the more my friends are like, wait a minute. Or I'm, or I'm saying, like, you've always known I've been the, I've been the friend that will yes. say the things. Wow. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, I am now saying them, not so much with a leak shade tone, but with a more like, this is how I feel, and I don't apologize for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being very sure about me and what I want, what I bring to the table. So I think the praises, bro, is right. literally how God is positioning me as Josh, mm-hmm. what he's doing with this like, new molded and you know and and and, and aware creature. Right, And then how he's positioning me in certain spaces, speaking about the conference. Like I met people, I connected with people. I got mm-hmm. phone calls this week. And while I thought I was just speaking off the dome and doing like people were legit, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. talking and praising, oh, yeah, whatever, 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 you know, whatever. And I did another call. So I've been disrupting white spaces and that's something I love <laughs> to do, um, but I've been doing it in it. a way where people, they've been receptive to the disruption of their spaces. So it's like, all right, God, like I'm in this weird kind of Mm -hmm. transitional period in my personal life, in my professional life. And it is, it's not, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that it's not always comfortable, but it's been something that's been really beautiful. And I am just excited to see how God continues to unfold. Because I really believe November, December is going to be another two months of just unfolding of something really great. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm excited to see. I know that was a lot. And I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I feel like I've been talking a lot. But yeah. No, no.
1: I think it's I think it's necessary. Um, I think because especially during this time, during the season when there's been so much loss and so much like negativity yeah. and beginning of the year we lost, you know, icons and you know, uh, we lost Kobe at the beginning of the year, and then we um then COVID actually hit, you know, and then we were, you know, lost, you know, the ability to do things and go places and um, see families and and things of the nature. And then now here we are with 225, 230,000 people who have since died uh, of COVID. And um, it just seems like there's been so much loss and so much um, just despair. I think there's got to be times when we find pockets of praise, find pockets of really um, just being thankful and grateful for the things that we do have. Um, but then, also trying to find the positivity and finding the praise in the midst of the perils, right? Yeah, yeah, no um yeah. and not even trying to like a preacher or anything like that, but that's something that you know when your faith fails, your faith kind of keeps you standing in a bit. like your faith may, you may fall fall in your faith, but your faith also will picks you back up. Um so even if you may fall in your faith, the faith still picks you back up. And I think even in these seasons, in these moments when there have been the perils the, and uh we've been able to find good positive things like uh out of that um i think even say for myself like um finding the positivity out of these things um uh their worth purpose and stuff like that but even with the same situation like if, if those that know me i am uh even though like the travel and stuff like that, I'm still pretty much a um I'm I'm in a I don't step out of the box. And it was funny because one of the last time I was yeah. actually in church was you preached the message about getting out of the boat. Like that was one of the last Sundays. Me too. I was in church, and you were preaching out of getting out of the boat, and we went hate crazy in Huntsville. Um, but you know those that know me, I rarely get out of the boat. Like I am, I don't take. I rarely take risks. Mm-hmm. Um, I wore the same. You hairstyle. are the safe friend. I'm the safe friend. Um, I wore the same hairstyle for years. I drive the same route to the to work all the time. I put all my stuff in using the same places. Like I'm, you know, you know, I usually don't take risks. Um, and during this during the pandemic, there's been some things where it's kind of has forced me to kind of take some risks and also do some things that are just uncomfortable um that have made me better and even considering like as far as job uh situation um uh, friend of mine who works within the firm that i work for um back before the pandemic hit um i saw him my last trip last trip was in the bahamas mm-hmm. um you know he was i was there for a work trip he was there for a work trip he was like hey um he got promoted uh and he was like hey Um, We had a conversation about something and then I was like, Hey, you know, if you ever need anything, like, let me know. He was like, all right, bet. Um, If anything ever comes up, I'm going to hit you up. So um, that was in February. We come back March. um, We chopping it up in the parking lot. He's like, Hey, we got something that's, that's cooking. Y'all would love for you to be down. Like, let me know. And then I I want to say like a couple of days after that conversation, we at home, like we are, gone, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, but even in the midst of that, he was like still hitting me up saying like, Hey, I got this opportunity, you know, if you want to do it. And then of course, again, me being super safe, um, and you know, not really understanding or knowing what the potential opportunity was. I was like, nah, I'm good where I am. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is the opportunity kept presenting itself and oftentimes, um, you know, who knows if the opportunity is going to continue to present itself, right? Um, Because you're being safe. So kept presenting the opportunity to me, kept presenting opportunity to me. And then at some point, I was like, you know what, he keeps asking, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check out the opportunity. Um, It was a um, an opportunity of within our firm. That was completely something I've never done before. You know, but you know, just knowing my resume, and work ethic, I'm pretty confident I can do almost anything. Yeah. Which is odd because I, you know, for me to be so safe and not to take risk, I rarely fail in the places where I have taken the chances. Um, but that's a whole nother story that I've had with my um, my career coach about as far as you know me feeling uh, fearing risk. But that's a whole another thing. So, um, so this time I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna take a chance. I'm gonna take a chance. I'm gonna talk to him about it. Um we doing to an interview uh he called me was like hey blah 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 this is what it is but there was still really no certainty or really a clear explanation of what I would be doing yeah. and what I what I would be making i said all right so i'm a um whatever i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep doing it blindly whatever um so then uh got a call he was like you know then you know he got a call and he was like uh he's i'm a, he, i'm put you in touch with the person who's like one of the top people in the, in the firm or whatever, and, uh, sat down, talked to her. And even after the conversation, I still had no clue really what I would be doing or what, what I would be making. So, but I was like, you know what, I'm still gonna take these risks. Um, so, um, I get an offer, I get an offer and then the offer letter has pretty much like what the offer is. And then I'm like, you know, me not wanting to take the risks um i had a number in my mind that i wanted right and then i saw the number on the paper and i was like <laughs> you know there goes my opportunity to like be like oh see that, that ain't it you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like it was really my opportunity to not mm-hmm. take the risk it was like oh this number is way is, is lower than the number that i want so i'm I'm be like i'm gonna stay in my in my comfort zone so I didn't respond to the offer or whatever, talked to my wife about it. And she was like, nah, you know, that's not, you know, the offer one, blah, blah, blah. So um I I countered the offer. I countered the offer. And then um, <laughs> and then the person in, in uh in HR was like, um, let me have the person call you and just and talk through the offer. So give okay. get on the phone. And he's talking through the offer and explaining to me what like stuff I completely missed in the offer. Um, and come to find out what I was trying to <laughs> trying to counter and the number that I thought I wanted was much lower than the number that they actually were giving me. Okay. <laughs> 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 it was much lower than the number that, but the, you know, I was already going to take the risk, but, it ended up being like my, my math. I'm not great at math. My math looking at the offer ended up being much lower than, uh, than what the offer ended up being. And then on top of that, the but the potential on top of what the offer that I was given is much higher than I probably could have ever made. You know what I'm saying? So it was the interesting thing of like, if I never would have taken the risk, um, and gotten out of my comfort zone and really being like, you know what? I might do this instead of just finding, um, and, and those that know me, I find, I can, I can find small reasons to not do things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what fear does. Like being honestly, like, you know, and I, we've had this conversation before. Um, Like I struggle with fear, like as far as a fear of failing, you know what I mean? Like that's a huge thing of mine. No, so, I get it. So what I would normally do when they say self-sabotage, one of those things, I would normally try to find like a small thing and be like, oh, that's out of place. I can't do this. Right. I can't go forward. Because, you know, I want to be perfect and really me wanting to be perfect wasn't really being perfect. It was like it was something that I was trying to use as a means of not doing or stepping out of the boat yeah. um, like you preached about back in March. Um, and the funny thing is, like, now that I've actually stepped out of the boat, like God has completely done um, something that I never even imagined. And I ended up doing exceedingly abundantly above I can even ask or even think. And the funny thing is, I, I asked for something and he did above what I asked for. And then what I thought I could have made he did above that too. You know what I'm saying? So it's like in this season, like that's, that has been the praise. The praise has been the um, the me getting out of the way and doing something that I probably should have been doing a long time ago. And even with the nonprofit space, like, you know, you've been helping me out with that. And yeah. that was a whole nother fear thing. Like, you know, I I haven't put anything out because I'm just afraid of it. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, I think that's been the thing during the pandemic has been the praise has really been, um, really just stepping out of my comfort zone and really doing the things that I was afraid to do, like just to you know encourage people. Like, it may look scary to do it, like, and I think you may you know I think a, a preacher did a sermon about it, but you did a um, I'm not saying it was better, but you did a really good synopsis of that and. Um, like doing things scared or doing things where you don't even really know, um, what is the outcome is going to be. Um, and like really having faith that, you know what, things are going to be all right. Even if it doesn't look like they're going to be all right. Mm -hmm. And like like you said, I think that was a lot. (laughs) Um, No, 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 that's, no, that's, that's good. And I think the way we can even wrap up this
0: conversation is just, let me ask you, I'll start with you. Um, what are some of the things you're looking forward to as we close out 2020? Considering the type of year that it's been, right? How are you reevaluating goals or reevaluating your, your approach to them?
1: Um, I'm still planning. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. still a thing I'm going to do. Because I think sometimes planning is a level of positivity and it, it provides a level of, um, of faith in that, like, all the things things are going to get better. Right. Yeah, so I'm still planning our guys I'm still planning trips out of the country. Still got my daughter's passport. So we going out of the country somewhere. Um, and even in our group chat, we've been talking about as friends where we're going. So I'm still gonna continue planning.
0: Listen. Um,
1: we going, we're going, we going, going to the places, right? And we got this money now too. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Hello. Um, <laughs> so, um, yes, I think one, I'm going to continue to plan and probably plan harder. Um, but then okay, plan. Um, without the fear, of, of, of failure like mm. this year has taught us that plans fail all the time um but you still can plan and still plan like um with intentionality um and plan with like passion plan with purpose um and really just plan like god is in control even that in that mm. makes sometimes people be like oh well how are you gonna have faith in god and then you know, planning is you can still plan and have faith in god within that absolutely right and and know that all things the scriptures say all things work together. So even if my I may have my plan, still trusting in God that His plan is still better than mine. So that's that's gonna be my thing. I'm going to plan with purpose, but also plan without fear. That's what about good.
0: You? Um, for me, it is going to be openly optimistic to what is to come. Okay. I think as far as I I am a natural planner, so I'm going mm-hmm. to have things in place and things I'm going to be working toward. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to be more open. To the unknown, inevitable, right? And I know that's a weird concept, right? Because inevitable means stuff that's like going to happen regardless. But what I mean by that is that stuff that's going to happen even if I don't know what's about to happen, like mm-hmm. and being open to that. Right, being open to living outside of the, like being in my box of planning, but being willing to stick my hands, arms, legs, toes and everything outside of the box to be able to accomplish all of the things that need to be accomplished. Cause like we kind of mentioned what I mentioned rather even with the conference you and I just did Mm -hmm. like even the invitation that I got, like no shade was like, kind of like, Hey, I'm going to throw, I'm going to put you on this panel. I'm like, cool, whatever. Just let me know. And then, You know, not thinking, not thinking, you know, having a lot of expectations, I'm gonna say it that way, about it, getting on the conference, doing it, preparing for it, and being in there, and just the opportunities that came from it. And then right. I think I was even a part of a conference two days, two or three days prior. Again, like yep. I said, disrupted spaces with my voice. I was the youngest person on there uh, and having conversations um, that were necessary, right? And so mm-hmm. just being open and available to, those kind of moments and really embracing them for more than this. Oh, this is just a speaking engagement, right. Right. But being intentional about those spaces and what it means, because for me, um, you know, pastoring is in my future or was in my future. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm less stringent about trying to figure out what that looks like and how I make that happen more so than I am allowing God to really develop that and kind of seeing what it was, because even on this platform, when we did Sunday school, You know, it turned into this kind of parachurch movement where people Mm -hmm. were hitting me up. I was like, I believe this has been my church. Well, you've been having conversations we don't have in church. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what do I do with that? And just trying to figure out. You know, the many different things God gave me and not necessarily be all over the place, but just embracing how he wants to use me in whatever area while still bringing in. Because I think sometimes we get so wild in our faith that we don't have focus. Mm -hmm. But so taking that extreme focus and planning that I have, but then paralleling that with the autonomy of God. And just existing in that space as we end 2020 and as we go into whatever 2021 has. Um, Because I also think for a lot of us, where we're going to make the mistake Mm -hmm. is we believe January 1, 2021 is this kind of arbitrary date for things to get better. But I don't know that viruses and pandemics work that way. Like they Uh just shut off at (laughs) the end. I mean, because it could be some miraculous thing where it shuts off in December, right? Things, you know what I'm saying? I don't know that that's going to happen, but you know what I'm saying? But who's to say that we're, we we maybe I think I saw a meme today where people was like it was December thirty first eleven fifty nine fifty nine second and everybody was excited and then they, when the clock went over it said eleven fifty nine fifty nine sixty like the day didn't change <laughs> 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 you know and I think for some of us we're gonna go in January one. You know, with a lot of things the same, like mm-hmm. some of us may not have hope, some of us still are going to be feeling what we're feeling, some of us, unfortunately, are going to still be unemployed, some mm-hmm. of us may be unemployed by before, you know, what I'm saying unfortunately, because this is just us where we are. Yep. But I think that if we can just grab hold to the fact that we have made it, we didn't die, like, and, and that's just that's a testimony within itself 200 some odd thousand people have died you mm-hmm. we weren't one of them right okay. oh, that's a testimony within itself mm-hmm. the fact mm-hmm. that even if a lot of us did lose our jobs there's also a lot of us who have still been able to survive it may mm-hmm. have been hard it may have been trying to figure it out but we've survived we've made it yep. um so i think grabbing hold to those again i've been preaching it the last month or 2 so, i'm gonna give me a t-shirt pockets of joy uh mm-hmm. <laughs> finding mm-hmm. i oh i am a pocket of joy yeah. uh or something you know what i'm saying because I think finding those moments helps us sustain. Mm -hmm. So if for nothing else, I think the lesson is we will be a more, and this is just black folk and we're resilient. It's part of our our name. but I think beyond our resilience, our resilient nature is that there's a level of sustainability that I think hit all of us that we Mm -hmm. didn't know we had. So walking into whatever the new year holds. And like you said, we probably do a real recap later of the year, but you know, so walking into this new year with with understanding how we were able to sustain, how we were able to survive and be resilient and mm-hmm. press forward, regardless, right? Um, I think is a blessing and a testament within itself, and something that we should be very proud of.
1: Mm-hmm. I know the answer during Dorena told us the answer, I am still, still here, and it's by the, the grace of, the of God. Grace of God.
0: When I look back over my life,
1: <laughs> and um, I think. Oh, no, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want to mess up another gospel classic? I don't mess up another gospel classic. <laughs> I'm over here talking like I'm somebody singing, but no, for real. I though. messed up
1: one gospel classic already.
0: <laughs> but no, I okay. know I know. that's a great point, though. We are still here, and it really is about the grace of God. So no matter what you believe in, you could be up on Buddha, Allah, all them, all right? It is, it, is, it is your faith and your resiliency. Whatever mm-hmm. you've held on to has made you be sustained in mm-hmm. this season. And, like, this is a... This was the living room, but blessed up to all of us. Right, Cause we all, we all made it. We
1: all made it. We all made it. We all made it. Bro, this was good. This was healthy. I, it was good. I feel and lighter. I feel, I feel like I got some stuff off my chest. Yeah. And I gave it to the, we gave it to the people. We gave it to them.
0: We gave it to the people. All right. So you um, ready for some black man self care? We gonna <laughs> care about ourselves some more. We are. Let's do let's it. get into it. I am my brother's keeper.
2: Oosa. Oosa.
0: Oosa. Hey what's going on good people and here we are to discuss another moment of black man self-care in this segment we love to call i am my brother's keeper Mm -hmm. um so the last couple of weeks i've gone to the gym Uh and while i told you i won't go on nobody's gym because i built my own it was not LA Fitness. Mm-hmm. It was not um, what's the the dollar store of fitness places. Planet Fitness. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am shady. <laughs> uh, it wasn't them. I went to this place called Effect Fitness, and it's black on. We talked about it on the show before. We just need to go and bless them up. This is like we, our we second and third time. We need to. We will officially do that. We'll do that um, next time. We'll do that. But I officially went there, and I'm not gonna lie. I was. I think when I told y'all I was going initially. I told y'all that I was a little bit nervous, had a little anxiety um, associated with it. But I went, they were so methodical and so meticulous in their cleaning processes and how they handled everything. And uh, I usually do the Saturday boot camps and I went on a Saturday and Mm -hmm. on a normal Saturday, you're talking about 250, 300 people in a boot camp room. Uh, When I went back, it was Easily 60 70. So they cut, they reduced it by more than like 60% of the capacity, which gave us space to work out with more space and be spaced out. And like at one point, because the workout is so intense, you can kind of linger around and catch your breath. One, none of that. Mm in a very nice and professional they was like alright wipe yourself <laughs> off and get out and people right. were respect because they weren't mean about it or anything but people respected I think because people respected their process now instead of you seeing all the dead bodies in the boot camp room they was all right. in the parking lot like people people <laughs> sitting on the side on the porch I'm mean, not the porch the sidewalk and just like you know, trying to catch themselves because you've been to effect. It is, it is oh, yeah. a workout. It is a yeah. workout. It is super intense. So, anyway, I did that for two weeks in a row. And I'm not going this coming Saturday. But in terms of self care, it, it was to your point about like getting out the house, mm-hmm. it was good to be around that level of black excellence because we talked about that before yep. with them. It was good to see, in my opinion, a black owned gym kind of leading the way in sanitary measures for fitness facilities. Right. And it was really great to be among the people working out, but still doing it in a way that felt safe. Mm-hmm. Um so I, you know, I I'm, I'm grateful. I actually took a random COVID test after I went to effect. So okay. the day we the day we went to go vote on the oh. same campus. It was at um the epicenter is where we okay. where we went to go vote. Okay, on that okay. same campus, yeah, they had a uh free COVID test. No one was over there. Awesome. So I went over there. I had never taken one. So it was more for me kind of like a curiosity kind of thing so I went got my results and they were negative now we know how COVID test results can work you could be negative one day but anyway I was excited because I had been to the even though again all of the measures in place I was around all those people got a test came back negative so I say all that to say I felt very safe Mm -hmm. I feel assured that they care about me and my safety as well as theirs I solved them literally taking like bleach spray and sanitizing bricks as soon as we were finished. Like, Mm -hmm. and they replaced the bricks from the 8 a.m. to the 10 a.m. So it's not even the same. People aren't even using the same bricks Mm -hmm. Um, versus in the past. They will wipe everything down, but they're not resetting that room. They're literally taking the time to reset that entire room. So shout out to them. That's been my self care. Um, And for this week, I'm probably just going to jump into some more, you know, workouts and hopefully Brian will meet me again one day. He won't give up on me.
1: No, I'm not gonna give up on you. I'm not gonna give up on you. I'm gonna <laughs> find out some time. And, and we and I brought Brooklyn over to your house too. So I think the family enjoyed Brooklyn too. So. always
0: good to see my niece. And you know her cousins, they especially little Josh. He loved the baby. So Oh yeah.
1: Jaden said he ain't babysitting. Oh
0: Jaden is an old man. He <laughs> said, I don't babysit.
1: <laughs> I'm a kid <laughs>
0: myself. I don't babysit. I ain't got the patience.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what you got up for self-care, bro?
1: Uh, I'm probably gonna just watch TV. Um just always chill. a good thing. Just to chill. Um doing seeing that I'm supposed to transitioning from one place to the next as far as work. I've been, like, kind of killing myself, like, working hard to make sure all my stuff is done, make sure my works aren't undone uh, um, before I go to the next uh, s- space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I've been, like, during the week, been doing going super hard on just doing work. So, this weekend, I'm going to actually just chill, watch TV, not think of doing anything, not try to read anything, just hang out, uh, enjoy the family, and that's pretty much it. That's all I'm going to do.
0: Bit. All right. Well, that sounds good to me. We
1: got anything in the P.O. box this week? We do. Let's, I'm going to go down to the um, P.O. box and uh, find some of the forest. All right. Let's go. Let's dig in there real quick. Let's go. Let's,
2: let's do it.
1: All right. We are at the moment where we pull some stuff out of our mailbox and I got a, um, I pulled one. That kind of made sense to the occasion. So we were okay. talking about the pandemic. Okay. Um, so that's the line. The line there, uh, the correlation, not the correlation, but the line that ties in the two is the pandemic. Um, so this is from a man. So give me a name for, for a man. Wallace Doolittle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> you asked me. That's what, that's, what, that's what the Lord gave me. All right. So... Uh I know y'all brothers talked about um sex a couple episodes ago. Um and now that we're in a pandemic, I know y'all are both married. What have you all been doing to try to keep romance and and maintain a healthy sex life when you see your spouse every day?
0: Ooh. <laughs> all right. You want me to go first or you got it?
1: Uh, uh um I think I want to go first go I, ahead, think, take I it. think we have all the stuff to say um so uh, <laughs> so this is tough this has really been tough yeah um because you really like because you you are with your spouse every day mm-hmm. like especially like the first few months of the pandemic we were in each other's face every going nowhere day going nowhere and even though you were like showering, you weren't really wearing any of the the finest garments, hair not, wasn't being cut. I'm still not doing that, but yeah, right. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hair wasn't being cut, you know, not a razor touched our heads. Um, so it, on both sides, it was like, you know, my hair wasn't fresh, her hair wasn't the freshest, and then we have a child too. So it's like what do you do so i'm not going i'm not even going to hold nobody and say like i've been the most romantic person um during the pandemic i do know that my you know my anniversary was during that time so we ordered food we hung out um um but i think as time has went on or time has gone past i think we've kind of increased or improved our um um sex life or activity um, I'm still trying to find spaces and opportunities to probably go out a little more. Um, but what we have been doing is I've been, um, since my wife is now I'm back at work and I'm actually at home, um, if my mom comes to watch my child or recently when, um, my in-laws came, um, me and my wife have been meeting for lunch and trying to find time really just to be us during those moments. And I think it's paid dividends in other spaces and opportunities as far as when it comes to intimacy. Uh, so that would be my suggestion is really just try to find spaces and opportunities. Um, even though you may not necessarily be able to go out to the fancy restaurants, Well, now you can't, we live in Georgia, so you can pretty much go anywhere. Um, but if you feel like you can't go to the nice restaurants to do all the things that we used to do, um, try to find other ways and opportunities to just find places where you all to be intimate, have conversation um, and, um, not think about what reality is
0: true. Um, I agree. I agree with all of that. hundred percent. I don't know that I have too much to add because it has been, I mean, I'm married. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been interesting how you keep it yes. spicy and you keep mm-hmm. it, you know what I'm saying? Because one of the things that I loved about working mm-hmm. or me and my wife working right was that, I used to, it gave me time to miss her. Yep. So I I don't get to see you yep. every day, so I can come home, um, you know, and kind of be like, you know, and tell you about my day. Versus we send you know, don't ask me about my day. You, you know sitting here with me, you know what happened? <laughs> Shoot, the same thing happened to you. We sat here and looked at each other. Right. So some of those more, I think we took a lot of that form of intimacy for granted.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: that really was, because even I think my wife used to also get irritated me when she would call me on my way home from work, and then when I got home, I didn't have much to say because I'm like. All of the decompressing from the day, we just did it, so I don't have much <laughs> I don't have much left to you know from that point, I don't have much left to give. Uh-huh. so we got to a space in our marriage where she didn't call on the unless she wanted something or needed something. We didn't right. have any exhaustive conversation because we like that what we found out that that was a level of intimacy for us to kind of decompress from the day and kind of talk right. through right what the day was and leave space to vent because again, when we get home sometimes it is full force with the kids, but also we found spaces. So we don't have that anymore uh, because we're here. Mm -hmm. So to Brian's point, I think, yeah, you definitely get creative. You find restaurants, you find different things that you talk about. I would say um, a couple of things I would add to that list is find a hobby that neither one of you do and do it Mm -hmm. together, learn it together. So right. even if that's an instrument, like, be corny and create you a little bit. You take drum lessons, let her take piano lessons. And, like, right. it, jam out in the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and while that may be laughable, you know what I'm saying? But think about it, though. Um, If y'all cook, you know, cook together. Like, find ways, Brahms said, find ways that you can find, have intimacy together that may lead to, you know, sex, you know, that right. night. And on the flip side, you know, I'm going to be less PC, Order you some toys to get you some handcuffs, Ha-ha. some loops, some um um, cock rings, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the little bead things, whatever you like to do, <laughs> explore different positions, get into some butt play, whatever you want to do. All you know, so it is it is your business. <laughs> and you can, Auntie Tabitha Brown said you could do that if you want to, because it is your business. So, explore the fullness of your body, right. explore the fullness of her body, and uh-huh. explore it together. I mean, because mm-hmm. you, because there may be things that you didn't like that you found out you actually do. Mm-hmm. Taste the toe. Bite a ear, rub a nipple, all those different <laughs> kinds of things, right? You know, like I'm, but you know, and it may be comical, but choke for real somebody. though, yeah, like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> a good you good I ain't gonna put all my business out there, but with <laughs> a little pain, a little bit, you know, a little yeah, pain a, a ain't bite. Ever hurt a nobody. Good old bite. Yeah, bite me, um, but no, Christine. yeah, but for real though, like embrace some of the more kinky side of who you are, and don't be afraid of it. And I don't know right. if this person who wrote in is a, you know, saved or a Christian or whatever, but like, you can throw all that conservatism at the door
1: all when it,
0: it. <laughs> when it comes to your bedroom. And, and, and wow, that's not the end all be all. You talked about how did you keep it going? I'm telling you, if you have a night of just experimentation of your love and intimacy,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like you, that's a way that you can take it to the and understanding that as adults and as parents, you're not going to be able to do that level of, sex every night right because right? no. you know there are moments where you do the romantic stuff you run the bath and you have to come up with kids you put them jokes to bed you're trying to you know get it in or you're trying not to wake yeah. them up and right. like brian has a one-year-old so he worried about is she gonna get up for me i have a, a a nine and a six-year-old so it's a matter of actually getting them to sleep sleep when they first go to bed they ain't sleep So that's a whole nother 30 minutes of waiting till they go to sleep. Uh, So that's 30 minutes that pass. And then on top of that, depending on what we do, right, are we going to wake them up? You know, all these different types of things, right? right? So, right. So (laughs) I would say find moments where you can build intimacy in new creative ways and then get real freaky with it and just like test different things. Um, different flavors of stuff and all different types of stuff that you probably would not do that would help you uh, keep it spicy. keep it, And that's just, you know, for the pandemic, of course. But those right. are tips, you know, in general, because I think sometimes in marriage we can get in the, the routine
1: a missionary and they
0: can get monotony mm-hmm. you just missionary, <laughs> you just uh-huh. humping
1: you know and you know
0: you, you know we want different angles and different ways mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. sides and different right. whatever take whatever. some time in the beginning yeah know. get you some blue chew so you can go two three four rounds you know and Listen. don't be ashamed of that um right. so yeah i know i was raunchy but that's you know you ask for that's my right. help <laughs> we appreciate
1: you Thank you, Mr. uh, (laughs) Doolittle. Thank you, Wallace. Thank you, Wallace, for writing in.
0: We appreciate it. All right, you ready 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 to wrap up the show?
1: Yeah, Uh, Yeah. we had a great conversation, and that's pretty much it. But um, I think we have a good one today, so let's just do this greater conversation. Let me talk. So
0: here we are in A Greater Conversation, and this week, for the very first time um, in GXR history, we are passing The Greater Conversation on to someone else. As a side note, if you have something that you want to rant and you want to rave about, please write us and send it to um, askthegxr at gmail.com and just make sure that it says A Greater Conversation. We'll, We'll read your rant, your irritation. <laughs> right. on you know on 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 air as well and if you want that to be anonymous, we would do that because we understand especially if you do it about your job when you got time for you to begin fired because you decide to rent and rave on the, on the internet sister right. Tyson's internet but this week goes to our is actually she did not submit, but we found this sister it was all, nice, over, <laughs> all <laughs> over Sister <laughs> Tyson's internet uh, she goes by the name of KJ. But mm-hmm. let me get let me let me get her full name real 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 fast, because uh, I don't I I want to make sure we honor this sister.
1: <laughs> this one we
0: uh, uh, Yeah, the so KJ Brooks. KJ Brooks. She is a local activist, and community organizer from um, Kansas City, Missouri, and uh-huh. um, so she went to the board of police commissioners meeting, and yeah. she read the room for Ooh. filth. So Brian, without further ado. Take it away,
1: all right, and let this KJ
0: have the great conversation.
1: (laughs) I will, all right. So she walks in and says, Fair warning, I'm not nice and I don't seek to be respect or respectable. I'm not asking y'all for anything because y'all won't be my oppressor and my savior. I don't want reform, I want to turn this building to a luxury, low cost housing. (laughs) These will make some good, nice apartments. Firstly, stop using black children as photo opportunities, they're cute now. And then in 10 years, (laughs) they're black male suspects in red shirt and khaki shorts, eating cookies, drinking milk, and children doesn't absolve any of you of your complicity in their oppression and continual uh, denigration, excuse me, because Kansas City will spend more on police uh, than education, uh, then try to encourage children to feast uh, with their oppressors. Y'all are weird. It's asinine to be called radical or a homegrown terrorist for not wanting government employees to kill citizens in any instance. I'm not here begging anything of soulless, wh- oh Jesus. I'm not, here, I'm not here begging anything of soulless whites, white folk, uh, self and black folk. You get one life, you all, every one of you in this room have chosen profits over people and that's pathetic. So I'm gonna spend the next two minutes reading all of you for filth, something I'm, not, I'm, sh- I'm sure no one has ever done. Then she starts naming names. Nathan, <laughs> <laughs> the gentleman in the vomit colored men's warehouse suit and desperate need of Bosley and a haircut. A former FBI agent who exudes white privilege and is the epitome of mediocrity and who loves Trump so much, uh, he hired his former attorney general at his firm. So sweet, he spent most of the meeting looking away and, folding and holding his, uh, his head in his hands. Then she continues and says, or Mark, or excuse me pastor mark of victoria's life church 34th and paseo where the mission is to provide a place and opportunity to worship jesus christ and preach a message of hope and faith through god's holy word in the building meanwhile he's here subjecting black people to terrorism and unchristlike behavior at the hands of kcpd outside of the building and kathy she's reading these people uh, and kathy miss out miss i'll get here before the other commission members so i look like as if i have empathy and i'm excited to hear what they have to say but meanwhile i didn't have anything else to do at eight um but be rich and white and retire. so i'm here (laughs) early (laughs) or don owner of wagner investments blue note llc and part of the uh uh, part owner of uh, the royals another rich and white and out of touch and disconnected old white person with nothing but pure apathy uh seeping through the bulging veins of this this paper colored skin jesus um you age like trash when you are racist and subject others to violence and david you don't get a vote but it, i'd be a shame. <laughs> jesus and david you don't get a vote but it'd be a shame uh, if your progressive students at umk uh, umkc uh, school of management knew you were you were a cop lover in 2020 i don't think they uh, would be a huge fan of that in 2020 maybe in 1960 but in 2020 and q if i and the entire and entirety of the black community hadn't dragged you for filth for the past six months i would have more to say but if uh if you don't tighten up re-election may not be in your future buckaroo the is what killed me <laughs> 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 and rick uh it's where she stopped and rick I won't even begin to call, uh, I, I won't even begin with you because I don't care enough about you, but you will have spent uh, spent overtime in a chapel at the end of your life, you have blood in your hands, and although you, uh, these idiots hold you on a pedestal, God will not honor injustice and murder. Anyways, I'll leave you soulless, profit driven um, greedy, God-forsaken humans, including anyone who works in the building, with one Bible verse from the Bible. <laughs> Another harmed black man murdered by authority, oh, sorry, uh, 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 with one Bible verse from the Bible detailing the life of Jesus, Jesus Christ, who was another unarmed black uh, man murdered by authorities in the book You Hellbound People Claim You Love So Much. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul and forfeit his soul? And that was the readings and the draggings of KJ, of KJ Brooks. <laughs> Brooks. So
0: it was. When I came across it, I was like, I immediately sent that to Brian. I was like, we gotta. There's nothing that we can rent and rave about that would measure up.
1: No. <laughs> to the my level. Me reading, me reading it was like nothing. It was terrible. My reading was terrible of that. But go and watch that video.
0: Yeah. Go to her IG. It is KJG.BRKS. That's KJ Brooks. Um and just watch it. It's on her IG page. She she typed out the transcript, so that's why we were able to read it. But right. it was on her IG page, and it is phenomenal. She dra- and she uses her whole two minutes, three, whatever however long it is, right. to drag these people. And while it is comical, I do think sometimes they need those wake up calls. Oh and yeah, faces. And again, yeah. you know, I've said it before. I said it today. I love disrupting white spaces, and mm-hmm. sometimes that is that is our protest, right? Right. To disrupt these spaces so shout out to you sis yes <laughs> you did it. using the first amendment it. right your first <laughs> amendment right and all of your education and all of your reading skills and all of everything to this do is black excellence there in moment. <laughs> we love to see it we love to hear it we um love it. but that's a wrap this has been another episode of the jigsaw podcast and as always we want to thank you all for listening Thank you all for tuning in each and every week. Thank you all for writing, in your questions and all the other kind of stuff. I know today's episode got a little heavy, maybe a little mm-hmm. emotional, but I think it was necessary. And like I said, it was Um And we hope and pray that we help someone if for no other reason for you to understand that you're not by yourself. You're not managing this crazy world alone. We are all in this together. So yep. we, I know we always say we love y'all at the very end, but we really do love y'all. We appreciate y'all. And we just know that we couldn't do it without you.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. So again, thank you for that. Um, and please, if you want to follow us, keep in touch with us, we're both on Facebook. Um, but we are also on Instagram, uh, as far as the team, as uh, is the Jigsaw podcast. Um, if you want to follow us individually, you can follow me at I am Brian here and Josh at, yeah, I am Josh Rogers and yeah, ask the Jigsaw. Uh, at gmail. Uh send your questions to us. We would love to hear from you. Any of this if you wanted to send out shout outs to us that we would love to hear you from uh hear from you there as well. Make sure you subscribe, share, um, leave a good rating and a comment. And we appreciate you for that. Uh and before we leave, Josh, you got anything to tell the people to do? Um yeah, I do have an announcement this week
0: actually. Oh. So I will actually be a guest host on the Crazy Counselor Podcast. She drops this Friday. So we're talking about the power of perception. Okay. Um, really great conversation. Her name is um, Brandy Stinson. I think mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing the last name right. She was on here, one of our Sunday School episodes, yep. talking great about episode. how to handle trauma. And um, great conversation. Love her, friend of the podcast. Maybe we can bring her back on um, in the future. But yeah, check that out. While you, while you listen to us now, tomorrow, mm-hmm. on whatever you listen to this, go to Apple. I think she's everywhere. And check that episode out. And uh, but in the meantime and in between time don't let life stress y'all out You know mm-hmm. it's hard out here we just talked about it but all you can do and this is literally all you can do is what mm-hmm. you can do you can do it what you can the best way you can but in the midst of all of that don't you dare get caught up Mm-mm. with your work undone that's a wrap y'all see y'all next week
1: love y'all
0: love you